Lauren, Busto, kick it. Sounds good. Thank you, brother. Appreciate your work and everything you've done uh, up to uh, since midnight last night uh, in El Salvador. It's been uh, awesome going through all the various spaces, uh, people from all over the world sharing their experiences uh, and uh, all about Bitcoin, how much uh, its ability to change our lives. Uh, so with that said, uh, welcome everyone to, you'll see the titles changed, uh, our global Bitcoin fest, uh, Bitcoin in Tonga uh, and Greater Polynesia. So we're going to try and uh, share our experiences with you uh, of Bitcoin uh, in how we're trying to uh, push for adoption in Tonga. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, first for use as a medium of exchange, I'll go into more detail later about how uh, and then uh, eventually uh, adoption as well, uh, following pretty much basically the blueprint uh, that uh, Naib Bukele has uh, put forward for us uh, in El Salvador. Uh, and then experiences throughout Polynesia uh, from Justin, who uh, is my co-host, uh, who is one of the uh, foremost um, advocates uh, in New Zealand, uh, where the city of Auckland uh, is situated, which is the largest Polynesian city on the planet. Uh, it has more Polynesians in it uh, than any Polynesian country uh, as the hub uh, in the South Pacific for Polynesian nations to come to before they spread out into uh, the larger world. Um, it is, uh, yeah, it's... It's where um, adoption is going to be driven from. So, uh, Justin, do you want to uh, introduce yourself? Um, yeah, man. Uh, wow, man, this is a, a real privilege to be here, uh, to be honest. Um, I never would uh, ever see myself on the spot, uh, to be honest. If I said to you, um, I probably wouldn't have been here today in the last 13 years. You probably wouldn't believe me. But, um, yeah, this is, this is incredible. Um, uh, I've been fascinated about Bitcoin um, in 2014, I believe, um, through my little brother, uh, Liam, who's listening. But um, my first sexual um, uh, um, initiation to Bitcoin was, uh, uh, I'm going to take a downturn in this whole story, but uh, I actually, you know, used to dabble in the, in the game. And if you wonder what the game is, the game is, you know, basically the streets and, um, you know, we used to illegally do stuff online, and um, obviously, you all know where that's going. But um, this is where I, I kind of came across Bitcoin. And at the time, I wasn't really an advocate for Bitcoin. I was just kind of more about getting money because, you know, that was just the way to survive where I come from. But um, yeah, just uh, as years went by, I kind of stayed away from the streets, and um, I got more fascinated with Bitcoin. And now it's it's transformed me into a person uh, of good and. Um, knowing that this is actually going to really benefit uh, the Polynesian people, especially in South Auckland, where most of all of them are all disenfranchised. So, um, yeah, this is this is really uh, a great um, opportunity. So thank you, Lord, and thank you, Lucas, for this, uh, for this spot. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Absolutely love that, uh, Justin. So what Justin was saying, uh, South Auckland is where the concentration of Polynesians are. Uh, in, in Auckland, in New Zealand, and in the world, because 
uh, it has all the different Polynesian nations coming into one place rather than the countries themselves. And there's a lot of disenfranchised, uh, not just youth, but people in general. Uh, and Bitcoin uh, provides uh, the potential for uh, these disenfranchised people, just as it has uh, for those uh, in the United States and other metropolitan nations um, to have their first chance at getting uh, generational wealth uh, and the foundations for financial freedom. So uh, with that said, um, if you look up into the nest, uh, I've put up uh, three tweets. Uh, it shows uh, the levels of uh, remittances globally uh, which have um, uh, India, uh, China, uh, Mexico and the Philippines uh, being the highest uh, in uh, numerical amounts in billions. They go from uh, India uh, with, I think, over 80 billion all the way through uh, China, uh, Mexico and the Philippines. Uh, but the highest as percentage of GDP is actually uh, my country, uh, Tola. Uh, our GDP is made up between 37, 39 uh, to 41% uh, of our GDP is made up of remittances. So uh, that means that 41% of our GDP uh a 30% chunk of that is taken out by Western Union and the remittance industry. So we lose 30% uh, of capital from our entire economy just in Western Union and remittance fees alone. Uh, and that is being scraped from uh, the, average the, the average receiver in Tonga, whose average wage is between uh, 70 uh, to about 180 dollars uh, a week so it's value that's being scraped uh, by those that can least afford it uh, in Samoa it's 20 percent uh, and that figure uh, is pretty much uh, around the amount uh, the level of GDP throughout the rest uh, of Polynesia. So, uh, as you can tell, um, it's, a, it's a conundrum for us. So, why is that relevant? Uh, because we have Bitcoin on the Lightning Network, uh, as you'll see from the three tweets I've posted. I've posted um, the largest amounts in, in uh, numerical uh, dollar amounts of remittances. Uh, the amounts as a percentage of GDP, uh, as well as the fee scale set by Western Union, uh, and as well as the list of uh, the most unbanked uh, countries in the world. Uh, and that being the case, uh, because remittances are such a large part of our GDP, uh, Bitcoin then becomes relevant uh, because Bitcoin, uh, particularly on the Lightning Network, can entirely change this paradigm. Uh, it can give us uh, cross-border payments uh, almost instantly within a nanosecond uh, and effectively free. 
So uh, that's why Bitcoin, uh, as they say, uh, fixes this for us in Polynesia uh, because it deals with the remittance problem. And it's not uh, as it is in the West where it's a choice to use Bitcoin as a store of value. Uh, for those of us in emerging markets, the 4 billion people uh, in Africa, uh, South, South and Central America, Southeast Asia, uh, the Caribbean and the Pacific, uh, from uh, hyperinflation in Venezuela, currency debasement in Colombia, uh, currency debasement and hyperinflation uh, in Nigeria, uh, to remittance dependence in the Philippines uh, and in the Pacific. Uh, Bitcoin on the Lightning Network uh, cures this and frees us from the bondage of the remittance industry. So it's less of a choice and more of a necessity for us. Uh, for us, it's it's the only way uh, that we will survive uh, the hegemony of the fiat central banks and particularly the remittance industry, uh, which have a, uh, a double effect on us. Uh, so that said, um, those are sort of, uh, the parameters within which the discussion uh, is posited. Uh, and for Tonga, um, I am and my team are working on, uh, number one, the commercial solution, which is using strike on the Lightning Network to get uh, remittances in. Uh, that doesn't require anyone who's been in spaces before will have heard me say these next few paragraphs many times. Uh, that doesn't require any uh, uh, legislation or endorsement from the central bank. It's purely commercial. Everyone downloads Strike uh, on their phone and the point of, points of sale, uh, the vendors uh, agree to participate. Uh, and that's all you need. And you can get uh, remittances in uh, for a tenth of a penny uh, and in a nanosecond. Uh, so that's a commercial solution. Uh, the legislative solution is obviously uh, legal tender, uh, and that, to that end, uh, I was fortunate to get a copy of the El Salvadorian bill early. Uh, it's public now anyway, but I amended it uh, to be in line with our constitution and our local legislation so that it is uh, ready to go Uh I, my job is as uh, a Lord Member of Parliament in our legislature. Uh, so under our constitution, as with most democracies, you can present a private member's bill uh, and I have the bill ready to go to be presented to Parliament. I'm currently stuck abroad because of COVID. Our country uh, closed their borders, uh, which is why we're one of the five countries in the world that is still zero COVID from the beginning, which is great. but. It's hard for us who are stuck outside. There are 10,000 citizens stuck outside uh, waiting to be repatriated. So as soon as I can get in, then I'll be able to present that bill to Parliament. Uh, and uh, following on from that, um, again, many will have heard this, uh, our country uh, via me uh, have been offered uh, some generous uh, technology enhancements by way of uh, geothermal mining. Uh, we have 21 volcanoes in our country. Each volcano is able to produce 95 megawatts of electricity. Our entire national grid 
uh, only uses about 100 to 150 megawatts. So that's nearly 2,000 megawatts that can be produced towards Bitcoin mining. Uh, Bitcoin mining, uh, data centers, uh, and the national grid, uh, as well as ele electricity export, which uh, if any of you have questions, I can go into detail later. Uh, but that's Tonga's uh, program and timeline uh, for Bitcoin adoption. Uh, and uh, we'll hear from uh, Justin and others uh, on how we're working uh, throughout the rest of Polynesia. Um, yeah, so that's the situation in Tonga and in, in uh, our plan going forward within the context that I've described earlier. Uh, if anyone's got any questions, uh, feel free to ask. Uh, I'll be uh, scanning the room as I'll ask Justin to um, for our other Polynesian advocates to bring them up on stage. Uh, but at this point, um, I'll hand it over to Justin. Oh, hey, Justin, can I just sort of uh, interrupt for a second? <clears throat> Sorry, yeah, go ahead, PC Shot. Yeah, yeah, uh, I want to give away 3,000 sats to 30 uh, people. And uh, if, if they uh, post in the uh, Global Bitcoin Fest, Global BTC Fest uh, thread, just in replying, then, then I can see it. But I, I'll, I'll need to be able to see that. So, you know, if you want some free sats, start posting and I'll start sending. BTC Chai, we've been doing 5,000, uh, all the events, uh, so I can chip in some extra, so it's 30. Oh, do you want me to do 5,000? Yeah, sure, I can do 5,000. I, I just kind of thought, you know, like, you know, going with threes, but sure, I'll do five. Um, okay, so um, a little more my end. Um, so currently my situation, um, I'm, I'm based in Hamilton now. Uh, I live with my partner and my stepdaughter, and um, uh, it's actually been a, a, an awakening for me in the past year. So um, uh, I have a friend who's a business partner of mine. Um, he's currently on the chat right now. Uh, what's up, Brett? Uh, Kiwi Crypto. Uh, you'll see him on there. Uh, give him a follow. Uh, we uh, basically um, run a service called the CPC. It's on IG. Um, we pretty much uh, give basic information for um, people, especially in New Zealand, uh, um, uh, top-notch uh, information in order to um, help them introduce them into the crypto space and um, help them to buy uh, uh, crypto as well. Because uh, we noticed that uh, there was a big, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, a big uh, a miscommunication in terms of um, the information being produced. So, like, there's so many people out here that are still skeptical about it. And they have really having to work, and so um, our job is to try and um, uh, project the, uh, the positive side of it, and also the negative too, but with um, uh, uh, backed up answers to that as well. Um, so um, yeah, that's pretty much our our little thing that we've got going on. Um, and the reason why I kind of got into it was because um, I wanted to help the Polynesian uh, people because, um, uh, as, as I said before. Um, a lot of our people are disenfranchised. So, uh, a lot of story about me. I've um, I've been in jail before. Uh, I'm not perfect like anyone else, but um, you know, uh, I've, I, I guess kind of Bitcoin kind of woke me up uh, uh, later on down the track um, after I watched a movie called um, Banking on Bitcoin, and that really got me intrigued. But I didn't know how to 
dog, I'll buy Bitcoin and, you know, um, I'm sorting it out. So it probably wasn't until uh, right after the, uh, the first crash, I think it was like in 2018, after it spiked up 20K, um, I kind of FOMO'd in as an amateur does. And um, um, yeah, then the price went down. So um, I kind of got a bit lost, didn't know where to go. And then uh, uh, four years later, here I am now. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's been really cool. And like, in terms of the disenfranchised part, um, our Polynesian people uh, mostly concentrated in South Auckland. Uh, South Auckland right now is a, it's sort of like a war zone now because uh, you've got a lot of um, uh, a lot of the boys in the streets uh, pretty much just uh, warring it up for territory. And you know, disrespect to them, but you know, um, I'm in a different space in in my life now. And like, this was one of the reasons why I got into this platform was because I wanted to show them a different way where you know we can get away from the streets and um, spend more time with our family in it. Um, so yeah, that's um, that's pretty much my buzz. Can I ask? Can I ask? I I wonder uh, what was it about Bitcoin that uh, made uh, made it take for you? What was it? What what was the inspirational element? Uh, glad you brought that up, bro. Um, so when I watched Banking on Bitcoin, um, I was looking into the whole uh, metrics of it. So like um, the whole twenty one million, and like I was kind of like, well, that's that's the fucking dumb. Like, what would you? Why would you bring up something with 21 million and like you got billionaires that will probably buy it straight away? But when I look more into it, I was just like, oh wow, like not every billionaire could buy it. Like anyone from like any poor class can actually buy into it. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, what Nipsey Hussle said. Um, you know, cryptocurrency is a form of karma for money because um, you know for so long the banks have pretty much um, um, drained our, our people. Um, especially in Polynesia, like we look at uh, a lot, majority of us, you know, we're all in, in poor country. I mean, poor poor areas of, of Auckland. You know, a lot of people portray these in those as clean green country, which is all good. But like, you really look down on the nitty gritty. Like, I come from the the bottom barrel of it, and like, you know, you, it's not a pretty picture. So this is why I kind of like got onto it because I wanted to preach to the point that anyone can buy into Bitcoin, and like, what Lord Fossey Tour has been preaching. Um, uh, that you know, like uh, we pretty uh, the lower the, the people in the blue collar and the low class area actually have a chance now to invest in something that's um, going to grow eventually, uh, um, not just for themselves but for generations to follow. Uh, especially like for uh, the Maori people as well. Like if you look deep into their history, like they've been so disenfranchised, and like you know, like uh, the government is just uh, such a cool, cool tool of um, how. Uh, they move in it. So with Bitcoin, like this, this will probably be the equalizer for them, and like it'll change uh, um, and things in more ways than one. And like, like uh, everyone's been saying, you know, Bitcoin fixes a lot of problems. And like, it's yeah, that, that's where it's at for me. Uh, oh, sorry about like the term on many as well. Like the uh, it's the Satoshi part. So like, for those that don't know, uh, that it's Polynesian. Uh, so Bitcoin is like. Uh, 21, uh, 21 million in uh, circulation max. And if you break it down, it's like 100 million pieces. So if you can buy like even just a little small piece of it, like, and over time, it's going to increase in value. So like, for example, if uh, Bitcoin had a million dollars, then, you know, how much is Satoshi going to be worth by then? So it's a no-brainer. So like, this is what I mean. Like, this is like a perfect chance for all of our people to 
you know, get into it now while it's still early, early because I feel we're still in the early adoption stage and um, this is where it's at. Yeah, so uh, South Auckland, uh, where the majority of the Polynesians are, are like many uh, immigrant diaspora concentrations uh, in uh, urban metropolitan nations, uh, are usually uh, in the lowest socioeconomic areas. Um, so the, the potential that Bitcoin produ uh, uh, provides for them is very similar to what it provides for the African-American community uh, in the United States. Uh, so you've had slavery where you couldn't own property. Uh, then you've had Jim Crow where uh, by policy uh, you're marginalised from property. Uh, and then you've got banking uh uh, policy that ensures that you don't have access to capital because they will very rarely give you loans. Uh, and then they have redlining, uh, which means that you you can't live in areas where you can invest in real estate that will uh, constitute the foundation for generational wealth because that's what's been the foundation for generational wealth uh, in the 70 years of the American dream. Uh, so uh, but Bitcoin comes along. And uh, with your paycheck each week, you can invest $100 uh, in the most pristine asset that man's ever produced. You have direct access. You bypass the central banks. You bypass um, the commercial banks with their policy uh, and their gatekeeping of access to capital. Uh, you bypass uh, real estate uh, uh, policies, which are still prevalent today. If you get a valuation... Uh, from a real estate assessor and you send a white person uh, to do it for you, statistically in the US you'll get uh, a 20 to 30% uh, a higher valuation of your house. Uh, so you bypass all that uh, and uh, you can buy uh, $100 worth every week or 50 or $5 every week uh, of an asset that's going to appreciate uh, at a CAGA value of around 200% per annum since its inception. Uh, so uh, it's, as Justin said, it's a no-brainer. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what made you, Lord, uh, introduce Justin to Bitcoin? How did that happen? Justin actually reached it uh, completely independently. Uh, as he was saying in his story, uh, he saw uh, the socioeconomic surroundings uh, of Polynesians in South Auckland uh, and, uh, yeah, a large part of our male youth, uh, as, as it is in the States, uh, uh, live uh, the street life because uh, it's a much shorter path uh, to a higher income to look after your family. Uh, so, yeah, you, you get taken into the game and uh, that's the way they provide. Uh, but Justin, uh, to his credit, uh, saw that Bitcoin surpasses that, uh, uh, even surpasses that uh, high, quick income that you can get from the game. Uh, and uh, that re revelation, uh, that epiphany, uh, set him on an entirely different course, uh, not just for his uh, financial situation, but for his entire life. Justin, um, how would you say that you have changed? I'm, I mean, it, it sounds like um, you have uh, a p 
positive outlook uh, and, and hope. That's how it sounds to me. Um, it sounds optimistic, uh, coming from a much darker place. Um, but uh, are there any other ways as well that, that you feel um, that you have changed? And during what time period um, uh, do, do, has that uh, change happened? I'm happy to answer that, Bert. Um, I think last year during COVID, uh, I went through a bit of a rough patch and um, uh, I, I eventually lost my job and um, I kind of was just like fiddling with my finger like, oh, what the fuck am I going to do now? So um, uh, Albert Bet, uh got me back into the crypto stuff because me and him had kind of talked in the last four years. We've known each other. And um, eventually... Um, I started looking back into crypto again, and then um, uh, ever since then, it's just been a, a, an amazing trip because uh, I'm, I'm now starting to understand what cryptocurrency really was all about. Like, I understood what Bitcoin was all about, but, like, uh, just cryptocurrency in general, um, just it actually really is solving a lot of problems um, around the world. And um, I kind of, I think that was kind of where I was like, well, you know, long-term, I was thinking long-term pretty much, uh, if that makes sense. So I just figured, well, you know, I've already got my stars and stripes in the game and, you know, I kind of want to try and find something uh, where I feel I can stimulate the good side of me and um, um, be able to be a tool or a vessel to um, our Polynesian uh, our folks out there in the streets. And not just in the streets, but, like, we've got brothers in construction that are doing, like, 12 to 16-hour shifts you know, and they're coming home every day, you know, not being able to see their families and, you know, like, or even like um, just mothers that are working in warehouses and they don't even get to see their kids. And, you know, like, you know, I kind of wanted to um, provide them some um, solid information and, and a great motive uh, in order to um, get them off um, uh, this this legacy system that's, um, that's hurting us because... Um, I don't see any change happening in the legacy system. It's just going to stay stagnant as it is, whereas this whole Bitcoin and crypto um, community is all about change. And I find it funny how cryptocurrency kind of like trolls the, the legacy system. Like, uh, I don't know if you just see in Bukele, um, like IMF uh, went online talking a lot of shit about uh, Bitcoin, saying, ah, oh, it's, it's done and blah, 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 blah. Then the price dropped. And then Bukele turned around and goes, oh, sweet, all good. I just brought me some more Bitcoin. Show up, my G. You know, and, like, that cracked me up. And I was just like, man, like, he's a G, Bukele. So, like, massive props to him. And, yeah, man, I think uh, Bukele was kind of, like, the reason why I kind of looked a little bit deeper in the Twitter community. Because I stayed on Twitter for ages. So, you know, like, uh, I, I don't really like Twitter. But, you know, now I do. Um, uh, and then I came across Little Fussy too. And, yeah, that's how pretty much I reached out to him and, that's where it's happening. I love it. And this is a very, sounds to me like a very concrete um, implementation of um, a changing time preference. You describe it um, quite clearly in the story that you said that you start looking long-term. Um, so before, uh, could you describe like uh, the short-term perspective? Like, do you have any examples of, 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 of that and how it changed? Yeah, so what, what were your priorities like when it was still the street life and it's quick money, a lot of money, 
but there's risks. And then uh, developing from that into seeing that Bitcoin is going to be generational wealth. Sorry, Lucas. Oh, sorry, Docs. <laughs> um, uh, do, do you mean short-termers and like, um, like uh, what are we talking about All the people that we're talking about, the construction workers, uh, nurses, those mothers, they put uh, 12 to 16 hours a day not seeing their families. And the whole time, the National Reserve Bank in Wellington is deciding how much that 12 to 16 hours is worth. They have no control over that. The, the National Reserve Bank, which is New Zealand's central bank, uh, can decrease Sorry, the value Justin, of their Sorry, Justin, I think you need to mute now. My Lord is speaking. Sorry, continue. Yeah, the, the, cent, the National Reserve Bank can decrease the value of their 12 or 16 hours um, just by issuing more currency, uh, by devaluing the currency. So uh, they were storing, they're storing their value in cash in banks, uh, which is uh, devaluing, uh, and you're trying to help them move, uh, and as well as yourself and others uh, in the game from uh, short-term time preference of wanting a lot of money quickly to a longer time preference in Bitcoin, which is uh, not leaving uh, your gains to be gotten over the long term rather than the short term. How did that development work for you? One more thing that I also um, that I also noticed in the story is like uh, basically the longer time preference, then you will uh, actually take time to invest in yourself long term, as opposed to like having a short time preference. Then, uh, yeah, then there's no point in educating yourself or building skills. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, does it, does those uh, questions make sense to you, Justin? Uh, do you mean short term is like? Uh... Yeah, like uh, what kind of made me kind of click sort of thing? Or look, I was just trying. I was just translating in my own words uh, what you already said. So yeah, just really love the story. Um, so I myself grew up with skateboarders and uh, a lot of people uh, that were partying a lot and uh, living close to drugs and uh, uh, yeah, and we we just thought that we were playing, and then it ended up quite bad for a lot of. Uh, a lot of us so I can relate with um, how easy it is to just yeah it's, um, I, I do uh, some work with uh, our youth uh, community work uh, both in Tonga uh, and here I do some online uh, financial literacy courses for our youth and uh, the, the, the easiest message to get to them is um, this road only ends up in two places, uh, behind bars or, or in a grave. So uh, for that reason alone, you have to choose another path. And that is fairly effective. Uh, but what is that other path? If that other path is uh, turning into an automaton uh required by the system that just clocks in 12 to 16 hours a day, giving their uh, labour and sweat for fiat, then that's obviously not, not a sensible alternative. Uh, so uh, I've been presenting them with Bitcoin as the alternative. So that's sort of a, uh, uh, an example, uh, a more structured one, 
of of the journey that Justin had. He he came to it uh, of his own volition through an epiphany that he had himself. Uh, but yeah, so just uh, if you can elaborate more, Justin, on how it clicked uh, going from that life uh, and seeking uh, a high, uh, a low time preference, which is wanting uh, a lot of money as soon as possible uh, to uh, being able to, to realise uh, that long-term gains uh, make a lot more sense, which is the Bitcoin ethos. Uh, yeah, I got you now. <laughs> um, so, like, for me, um, uh, I think... Uh, so I got in the game just, um, how would I put it, because um, I needed money, basically. Um, I ended up uh, doing this really bad job and then um, got done for uh, eight years. Um, but uh, I, did, I did five, I got out, and then like I pretty much had nothing when I got out. Um, yeah, I think, and then, and then like to add to the compound effect to it, um, uh, I went. I went to a job one day. Oh no, sorry. I went to a job agency. That's right. I went to a job agency. Went there, and like John Key, who was like our prime minister at the time, he's a rude dude. Um, he introduced a bill where, like, if you had uh, criminal convictions, you can't get a job. Um, you had. Well, it was either that, or you had to go through a, a what they call a, um, a a prospect period, where you have to. Um, go through three months of employment and then it was really up to them at the end of that trial period where um, you could get let, let go and um, I didn't even get to the let go part because um, I wasn't even allowed a job so I remember one time I walked into a job agency called Kelly Services um, walked in and like they saw my credentials like you know I had qualifications I gained in jail and all that and they were happy but then they saw my, my criminal convictions they were like oh can you wait there and then like uh, I think it was just me and, like, the whole staff walked out. And um, I'll never forget that day. Like, they all looked at me with a smug face and we were just like, oh, um, uh, is this your criminal convictions? I said, yeah, well, what's wrong? And they just said, oh, we can't give you a job. And, like, to this day, that was kind of like the day where I just said to myself, oh, fuck it, you know, like, I'm going to go in the streets, so I'm going to do what I can. Um, what also didn't help was, because um, I used to be a bouncer before I went to jail, so coming out, I couldn't get a job, so, like, I went back to the one, only thing I knew that was um, inflicting violence, and I'm pretty good at it. So, like, I went back to that, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, the whole world just started coming crashing down on me because, like, I went back to what I knew best. And the streets and club life, is not a good mix, especially alcohol and drugs. So, yeah, that was kind of like a... Um, it really had a compounding effect on me, and uh, I think it wasn't until... Uh, 2014, I I stopped and I had to pretty much uh, rethink about my life. And uh, for six years, I got out, um, but I was kind of in between, so it kind of didn't really leave me. Um, it wasn't until uh, just before the first lockdown I went back in the game and uh, I was in a little bit more heavier this time. And, um, yeah, I kind of had to reflect on life. At that point, I was just like, oh, man, like, you know, do I really want to do this again or, you know... Um, Am I going to go back? So, you know, I used to you know, pretty much do debt collecting for a lot of, um, not just gangs, but like, you know, uh, uh, the rich folks in the in the Chinese community and uh, Vietnamese. So disrespected, but yeah, that, that was just how it was. Um, yeah, and then um, COVID happened, and then that was kind of like where the lockdown really made me reflect on life. And 
yeah, and this is where I'm at now. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really grateful, um, um, especially being able to um, go through the community of, of crypto and Bitcoin. Um, it's, it's somewhat refreshing for me because like, I feel that there are a lot of people that um, share the same common goal as me, and I never thought I never thought of it that way. So like to see um, uh, people from all walks of life are all um, in the same game. So like we're all trying to um, uh, uh, roll this out um, in, in, a, in a much more uh, structural and sensible way. And like, you know, like, uh, uh, yeah, well, that, that's, yeah, that's pretty much me. Ah, that's brilliant, bro. That's a, and uh, for those uh, who won't, don't know, and you won't know, uh, a, a very typical path uh, for our Polynesian male youth uh, because of the way uh, genetically we're built, um, a, a lot of us uh, go into bouncing. Uh, yeah, it's a, a, a you will not find a nightclub uh, or a gaming lounge or gambling uh, establishment in this country uh, that isn't manned by Polynesian security. Uh, so it's a job that is uh, good money. Uh, and it's easy for us uh, and uh, establishments like Polynesians uh, because they're usually, uh, number one, very religious, two, number very family-oriented, three, very respectful. So they're polite to clients. Uh, they will uh, try and get them out rather than uh, fight them immediately. Uh, but when it comes down to uh, having to do violence, as Justin said, uh, it's a for, it's a forte for us. Uh, I personally, it's just, uh, I, I worked as a bouncer for ten years, uh, putting myself through uh, three degrees in college and grad school. Uh, so it's something that uh, the entire social spectrum in Polynesia, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, class you are in Polynesia, you most likely had that experience. Uh, and the relevance of that to Bitcoin is um, you see uh, the very tangible pitfalls of uh, fast, easy money, uh, and it puts you in a mind frame to appreciate uh, longer-term, uh, more stable uh, gains, uh, and especially ones uh, that you can pass on generationally. So, uh, yeah, Justin's story is very, uh, very, uh, and not to downplay uh, the uniqueness of, of, uh, uh, young male uh, adult uh, Polynesian journey. Uh, so, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that, brother. Uh, and the fact that Bitcoin uh, I was able to, to reach down and, and uh, bring you back from that, uh, and especially the fact, as you said, the Bitcoin community, you can be in a Bitcoin space uh, and you and I can be right next to uh, Michael Saylor uh, or a, a, a congressman or senator like Senator Lummis, uh, people uh, from uh, who are captains of industry uh, through uh, academia, uh, every every uh, level of society is represented in the Bitcoin community. Uh, we all rub shoulders uh, and we all uh, understand uh, that this um, trustless distributed uh, monetary system uh, is is the most perfect that man 
uh, has been able to come up with. Uh, those of us who are religious uh, uh, would uh, posit that it was divinely given to Satoshi. Uh, but yeah, uh, your story is great uh, and very inspirational. Um, I've invited a number of our Polynesian Bitcoiners up to stage to speak. I think they might be a bit shy, but yeah, yeah. I encourage you guys. Guys, uh, uh, so so basically, uh, the format of um, uh, these spaces is, I mean, it's not necessarily an interview. I, actually. Um, very often, it's just a, a dialogue, a group of people like sitting around a couch or uh, sitting around, um, you know, fire or wherever, um, and just chatting. So, guys, come up! Don't be shy. Uh, give us those requests. Um, yeah. So, uh, David, uh, come up, bro. Um, who else is there? Uh, CoinCrypt, uh, yeah, our someone fan from Utah, please come up, guys, uh, share your your experiences uh, because, yeah, I think there are a lot of Americans here, so they'd appreciate a Polynesian-American perspective. And, um, yeah, there are a couple of others that we got. Oh, there we go. We've got some of us coming up. Hey, welcome. Richie? Welcome, bro. Yo, Kyoto. What's up, fam? Kyoto, bro. Kyoto. Uh, just uh, popping in, uh, my bro, uh, Justin and Fix, uh, invited me to the space. It's uh, amazing to see so many uh, Polynesians in the place. Um, I am a. I'm pretty new to crypto, new to Bitcoin, new to um, Ethereum. I'm an NFT artist. That's kind of my introduction to Bitcoin, um, and me actually doubling down and learning more about it. And um, I have to actually duck out in in 15 minutes to go help my dad move some furniture. Um, so, um, but I just wanted to come in, say hi, say thanks for the invite and that I'll be listening the whole time. I just won't be able to comment after about 15 minutes. Um, but just great to see everyone add me up. I'll add you back. Um, or follow, I'll follow you back and, um, let's, you know, make a strong Polynesian community, um, in the Bitcoin space and just really keen to hear, hear what everyone's got to say. How did you uh, encounter Bitcoin? Uh, Bitcoin, I I had I basically I heard of I saw a few people just tweeting. You know, it's, I've heard about it for a long time, but I didn't I didn't really believe it until in it until a friend sent me some videos that really explained the difference between um, centralized and decentralized. Um, currencies and um, just really those videos really convinced me that I need to um, jump into the space and start investing. So I bought some Bitcoin. I'm a photographer. Uh, I'm a Māori astrophotographer so, uh, from New Zealand. So I do astrophotography, but it's from a indigenous perspective of the Polynesian stories. Um, and I've just had to, I've, I've I've wanted to jump into the NFT space more than the crypto space, but 
you can't do one without the other. And uh, what uh, what I've learned is I sell my art for Ethereum and I uh, exchange some of that Ethereum for Bitcoin and I hodl both of them. So I just hold on tight to the Bitcoin and the Ethereum. I don't transfer it to, to anything just yet. It's just savings for my son when he gets older. Um, but I don't really know much about Bitcoin other than it's a good investment and it, you know, just kind of what everyone else knows being decentralized and how many tokens were made and why that, that's an investment and why they won't, why there not being any more tokens is the reason why that investment grows and stuff like that. I'm a, I'm a newbie, newbie to be honest, but um, what, uh, the bro Justin invited me along, so I just wanted to jump in while I could say something because I won't be able to later. That's awesome, bro. So as a um, fellow Polynesian, um, I, yeah, I realised NFTs uh, are transacted in Ethereum. But as a Polynesian brother, my advice to you is put everything in Bitcoin, brother, because it is the only thing that is uh, actual money. Everything else, uh, with due respect to them, uh, if you've got time, I can sit through and go through an analysis with you. Uh, as far as cryptocurrencies go, Bitcoin is the only one that is actually money. Everything else, um, uh, what would be considered utilities, uh, they perform a certain function and they have very valid functions. But for Polynesians uh, who need uh, to build uh, generational wealth, which has been uh, marginalised particularly from Māori, uh, in their own country, on their own land. Uh, Bālangis have marginalised them from wealth. Bitcoin is the only one that will stand uh, domestically, uh, internationally. Uh, uh, just to give you a bit of geopolitics, to give you an idea of how important Bitcoin is, Bitcoin is the only chance that the United States has to hold on to world reserve currency status. That's how geopolitically important Bitcoin is globally. So, uh, yeah, uh, with love, brother, it's... Um, I understand you transact in Ethereum and I know uh, Justin's in the whole crypto space uh, and those projects are valid. But for our purposes as Polynesians to put aside generational wealth for our descendants, our whole cultures are based around... Uh, family, a nuclear family, the extended family, the ainga, the farmer. The only way to provide for them is Bitcoin. So I just wanted to throw that in uh, with with much love. No, no, all good. That's great advice. Yeah. So, like I said, if I wanted, if I was just about the NFT space, I would only have Ethereum. But um, I, I exchange over to Bitcoin to hodl, and exactly. and then um, but I and then I just have Ethereum there to continue trading, invest in other NFT, but then, yeah, the ultimate goal is to, oh, the, the, the ultimate goal is to, to get back, is to, yeah, put it into Bitcoin and just hold it, hold it, hold right. it for my son and my grandchildren right, and stuff, but, yeah, man, great advice. Thank you. Hey, I hope, uh, I hope it's okay if I chime in, but I wanted to... Sorry, I wanted to mention about the NFTs 
and whatnot. And that now you can, uh, there's a site called raretoshi.com where you can post your NFTs on a liquid side chain. So it's all within the Bitcoin okay. ecosystem. Okay. Uh, you can sorry, either. Sorry, sorry. I, I, no. I have to interject here. Um, so um, uh, uh, respectfully, everybody does what they want, but uh, this is uh, uh, Bitcoin maxi uh, uh, 24 hour. Um, so uh, we're not going to dive into uh, these choices. Um, so basically, and the reason for that is um, because we believe that um, it's uh, it, it, it's very easy to get lost uh, in that world, and um, it, it is really the description or that uh, that Justin was was giving earlier that Bitcoin has that uh, load time. Yeah. Just, just quickly, Lucas. Yeah. Uh, Ed, Ed is a maxi from Black Bitcoin Billionaires. Oh, okay. Uh, but he's got a lot of technical knowledge across the board. So I think he was just trying to give the brother an NFT Bitcoin alternatives so he doesn't have to touch Ethereum at all. Okay, I understand. Yeah. Uh, sorry, David, you're up here, bro, uh, with the hand raised. Finally, awesome to have you, brother. Please go ahead. Hey, um, can you hear me? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, thanks for the invite, uh, Lord Visitor and Lucas. Um, yeah. All good, bro. Um, so far ahead with um, what you had on your mind, Lucas? Or... I have nothing on my mind except listening to you. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, I guess my, my relationship to uh, Polynesia is, is through my wife, who's Māori, and thankfully uh, she comes from an educated background um both her parents uh went to university so very fortunate to have um higher education and and a um great role models that you know have provided for her family um so yeah um but for me financial advice was pretty lacking uh, both through my parents um i'm uh uh yeah uh, thai immigrants um and um yeah i'm, I'm just uh, I think I got into to, to shares because um, I was just trying to find a way to um, to get ahead, um, and I think it was through the AMC and the GameStop stonks, uh, and just through through Twitter, and then it's I was it was basically through like safe shares uh, locally for like just just normal safe companies that were just not uh, earning. Uh, any sort of value and then um, GameStop and AMC sort of popped up uh, and then I guess just guess through just sort of a, a bit of financial sort of uh, rabbit holing um, I, I don't know how I think maybe came across Michael Saylor or some um, some some Bitcoin bulls and uh, uh, I must have jumped on a tw uh, spaces with Lord Fusitua I think it was around uh, so yeah in the last six months uh, and it's just uh, just to get ahead. Um, the traditional story in New Zealand is, um, you know, get married, uh, get a house, and, and have children. Um, but that sort of doesn't seem um, uh, possible for, for for my generation or, or, or the community that I'm from, from from South Auckland. So I'm, I'm very lucky, as I said, that my wife uh, was educated, and um, you know, we both went to university. So 
we're uh, quite grateful that you know we we had that opportunity. But um, yeah, from my community uh, that Lord was talking about, and 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 uh, Justin as well. Um, it's it's all about opportunity, and I think Bitcoin is the only thing um, that a lot of people have uh, from the lower social economic um, demographic. Bitcoin is hope. It is, yeah, yeah. Four letters. Go, that's, go, go to Michael Saylor's site, hope.com. Yeah. And with a not, lot of Bitcoin information. That's the one. Yeah. It, uh, it sounds. Have you been there? Yeah, Have yeah. I, yeah, he's, 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 he's done an amazing job promoting um, Bitcoin. Uh, he's even got a free course. Uh, he's even got free, a, a lot of free, he's got a, a Sailor Academy. So if anyone that wants, to do um, online education, um, he's got all sorts of business um, management, all sorts of sort of uh, courses that you can that you can take for free. Um, so yeah, he's he's the man. Okay, um, guys, uh, we are reaching the hour, uh, and um, uh, we have Vietnam next. Um, uh, any final words, Lord, or Justin, or both? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, firstly, just to thank you, Lucas, for the awesome effort uh, and our team of uh, global organisers putting this event together uh, and uh, providing a space uh, for uh, Tonga and Polynesia to share their experience. Uh, it's been great. I've seen a lot of our polys in here, but... Uh, typical typical uh, Polynesian trait. They're very very shy <laughs> uh, to come up and talk. So uh, I was glad that Justin got to share his story. I uh, appreciate you doing that, brother, uh, and being extremely uh, candid uh, with everyone because um, that's needed. Because uh, our youth that were in the position that you were in uh, need to hear that from one of us uh, who've lived that life. Um, as a legislator, I have to provide a, a particular narrative, but um, for those of us that were there, I appreciate that you've, you've been able to share that experience uh, and how Bitcoin can be a solution to that uh, and can be not just a, uh, a change for your finances, but uh, an entire uh, life choice and life direction change for you. Uh, so that's massive. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening in. And um, yeah, um, sorry. just want to say thank you to everyone who. Um, oh, sorry, Brett. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to everyone who's tuned in, uh, especially our poly people. Um, yeah, like uh, this has motivated motivated me even more now to, you know, to create spaces like this uh, within my own uh, space. So like, um, yeah, if you see me do up a live on my um, Twitter feed, man, hey man, jump on board. Um, I think this is what we need uh, more of a discussion. Uh, towards the public people, not just in New Zealand, but all over the, um, the Pacific and um, um, over in the States as well, where they're also heavily concentrated on the LA and um, Bay Area. Um, and one more word, I just want to say rest in peace to my brother, Perot, who passed away. Um, you know, we love you, bro, and uh, yeah, we'll be thinking about you, brother. Thank you. Justin, um, really appreciate your uh, very personal story, and it's a very... Uh, uh, very clear story about how uh, how Bitcoin can really uh, change time perspectives, so and how that affects everything. Um, 
just to just to wrap up, um, Lucas, could we just get one minute from uh, CoinCrypt ATM uh, from you, uh, sir? Absolutely. Uh, we're still waiting for Dominique from Vietnam, actually. Uh, so, um, Dominique. Okay. Yeah. So. America. That'd be awesome, brother. Hi, thank you. <laughs> You've been calling me bro, but yeah, I'm a sister. Um, same with Justin. Uh, we started because a lot of our youth are getting involved in the criminal justice system, becoming disenfranchised um, on top of migration experience uh, that you touched on. So we're based in Utah, um, one of the hubs of Mormon migration. Um, and yeah, it was just a collaboration that we've started. Uh, some of our uh, team um, kind of has the same disenfranchisement. Uh, so we're trying to reach out to the bankless and just make um, Bitcoin ATMs accessible in our valley. Uh, so we have three Bitcoin ATMs right now trying to partner with uh, Polynesian businesses, barbershops, that type of stuff, grassroots, to try to just get the knowledge out about um, how to build generational wealth. So, yeah, just echoing what Justin said, um, there's a lot of potential to bring uh, just investment strategies um, to Polynesian people who are in the diaspora. And we see that potential, too, uh, with the legislation happening in Tonga right now that we see, you know, there's going to be growth in this area. So we're just here trying to put the mechanics on the ground um, and just really happy that, that we have the type of leadership that we have with, uh, with what's happening in Tonga and Auckland. So just thank you for making the space. We look forward to connecting and furthering this cause. Thank you, sis. Appreciate your work. And just to put her work in context, um, when you see the stats that I posted, $30 billion are taken by Western Union uh, and other remittance uh, companies. Uh, and the majority of that is taken from the diaspora because they're the ones sending the remittance. So they're the ones paying that extra fee. So if you're sending $100 to Tonga, if you send 100, they only get 70. So the person receiving it eats, losing the 30. Uh, but if the sender wants the Tongan to receive 100, they have to send 130. So they eat the, the expense. So the diasporas, um, the impact of Bitcoin on saving uh, those fees is, and the majority is with the diaspora. So the work that she's doing in Utah is extremely important uh, because it regains also a 30% value for them. So that's just the context I wanted uh, to give it. 